Welcome to Civil Discourse. This podcast will use government documents to illuminate the workings of the American government and offer context around the effects of government agencies in your everyday life. And now your hosts, Nia Rogers, public affairs librarian, and Dr. John Augenbaugh, political science professor. Hey, Augie. Hey, Nia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, well, I've uh, uh, just consumed my second mug of coffee for the day, um, so everything about my life is just peachy. <laughs> I like how you say for the day when we know there's another 30 or 40 <laughs> mugs of coffee coming. Um, most people are like, I've had my last coffee for the day. You're like, I'm just getting started. Uh, so I have a question for you Okay. Uh, that relates to our summer of scotusness, Okay. and that is... When I'm president of the United States, do I have to show anybody my taxes? Um, well, that depends. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> okay. So, uh, listeners, what Nia is making reference to is uh, two Supreme Court rulings that were handed down um, uh, early in the month of July as the Supreme Court term extended into uh, to July for the first time in a number of years. And those two cases were uh, Trump versus Vance, who is the attorney general for New York County in the state of New York, and Trump versus um, Mazars, and, uh, which is consolidated with um, uh, Trump versus Deutsche Bank. I just like saying Deutsche. Okay. Well, yeah, who doesn't? Yes, yes right. Uh, basically, these were two cases uh, uh, where, yes, I have a summary of these two cases. You have a summary? Well, I do. Go for it. The Scotus giveth and the Scotus taketh away. <laughs> yes, that's right. Is that pretty much? Yeah, that's, that, 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 that's the way I've been summarizing it for people because people have been like, okay, okay, you know, you know the, the press has been reporting that uh, President Trump lost. And I said, well, he kind of did. And they're like, well, we're going to get to see his tax records before the November election. I said, probably not. They're like, then what the hell good is it then? And I'm like, hey, the legal system works. It just works very slowly. Yeah, think of it as a mill, an old-timey mill grinding flour, you know, with the two stones. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, that's how the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court may give you something, but it's going to grind you down between <laughs> the stones, and it's going to take forever for it to, to it, actually it's like those old, It's like those old water wheels. Yeah. At, yes. Okay, very reliable, okay, in terms of, 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 of water and energy production, but extremely slow, right? right? Um, one of my daughter's favorite animals is the sloth, okay? Ah. Okay, and, uh, and she's exposed me to a number of educational videos about the sloth. And my remark the first time she did was, wow, it's kind of sort of like the institution daddy teaches all the time. And she goes, <laughs> Oh, I don't know if I like the sloth anymore. Um, but anyways, okay. So I like that in some countries they pick sloths up and move them from one side of the road to the other because they're like turtles. Yes. And they'll get hit because they move yes. so slowly. Yes. Um, so anyway, so okay. so, so the, taxes the, and Trump. Okay, so the Supreme Court giveth and the Supreme Court taketh away. First of all, 
let's put this in a historical context, Nia. If you ran for president prior to the mid-1970s, chances are nobody expected you to turn over your tax records. Really? Yes. So we don't know what Kennedy's tax records were, Johnson or... Eisenhower, FDR. Roosevelt, that would be really interesting because he had all kinds of... He had all kinds of money, right? I mean, he he came from a, a very wealthy upstate New York family. No, Jimmy Carter... Uh, when he uh, uh, achieved the Democratic Party nomination for president in 1976, made a big deal about releasing his tax records. Because one of the things that he ran on was that he was going to clean up Washington, D.C. Uh, that doesn't right. sound familiar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Said, Nia says with a certain amount of snark, she just rolled her eyes, by yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah. So, well, that's what all the quote unquote outsiders always say. They yes. always say that. Yes. They right? always say, I'm going to go in there and I'm different. I'm an outsider and I'm going to clean it up. And Yes. And right? the great, I mean, one, one could argue that the, one of the greatest things about Washington is that it is immovably corrupt. You are <laughs> not going to be able to clean it up. Yeah, right. You might be able to clean up certain edges. Yes. Right. But DC. But at its core. Yes, D.C. has been doing certain things for certain ways for so long, okay, nobody wants to go ahead and change them. <laughs> well, and I'm not even sure people would know how. At this uh, yes, point. yes. So, so, so Carter says, here are, my, here are my tax records. I'm a peanut farmer. And, um, and then I became governor of Georgia, right? Um, but then, you know, the media, okay, which, you know, prior to the Nixon administration, was by and large, you know, there was still a certain amount of trust in covering presidents, right? Well, and but, for years they didn't, they didn't, they just didn't say certain things. Like they didn't tell anybody that that President Kennedy was on back medication. Yes, that was quite addictive. They didn't tell anybody that FDR was in a wheelchair. Like, yes, you know, they, there they was, have for a long time sort of agreed not to tell certain kinds of things because the assumption was we're covering the office not necessarily the person right but when you had a series of presidents lbj nixon who lied about either what they did as president or in nixon's case lied about the fact that he orchestrated a cover-up his re-election committee uh engaged in you know a criminal act okay you know, a breaking and entering of the opposition opposition party's um, uh, uh, efforts to unseat him, okay? The press gets... You say criminal, I say investigatory. Yes, right? <laughs> exactly, right? But, but a whole bunch of people went to prison, so the courts said criminal. <laughs> criminal, right? But the, the press's willingness to turn a blind eye to certain aspects of presidential backgrounds and lives and history changed. And they ate it up, right? I mean, they were just like, hey, well, if, you know, candidate Carter's turning over his tax records, why aren't you? So it basically became the norm, right? Every, That's really recent. Yes. Every president I mean, from Carter, okay, until 2016, okay, turned over their tax records before the election, okay? Until you get to Trump. 
Now, Trump, when he first announced he was running for president, said, if I'm chosen by the Republican Party, I'll, I'll turn over my tax records. Well, he gets chosen by the Republican Party. He never turns them over. Do you right? think that he knew at the beginning he wasn't going to turn them over? I don't think uh, Donald Trump thought he was going to uh, uh, win the Republican Party nomination. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean... So he could promise, if I win the party nomination, I'm going to ride a unicorn into Washington. Because if you don't think you're going to win, you don't have to worry about trying to locate a unicorn. Yeah, I mean, if you read, for instance, Michael Lewis's book, The Fifth Risk, he starts off the book talking about how the Trump uh, campaign was so ill-equipped to handle the transition to become president after they won the election, okay, that it set back his administration easily a good six, nine, 12 months. They just didn't think they were going to win. Right. So they weren't ready to go ahead and handle the transition, which presidential scholars will tell you it has a huge impact on a president's first term in office. Okay. I mean, well, the first hundred days and like there's a whole bunch yes. of... Yeah, th th there's a whole body of literature about this, right? right? So Trump says, I'm going to turn over my tax records if I achieve the Republican Party nomination. He gets the nomination and he does it. He wins the election. He still has it, right? And, and I know at one point he said he was being investigated by yeah. the IRS and the IRS was like, that doesn't mean you can't release your tax or go ahead. Yeah. That just means everybody can investigate you, not just us, right? Like, Yes, okay. Where this gets complicated is the fact that um, uh, early in his term, two different jurisdictions wanted access to his tax returns and his financial records. One was uh, Vance, who is the attorney general for New York County um, in the state of New York. Vance had impaneled a grand jury in that jurisdiction that asked for his tax returns, but also financial records from the various firms that do accounting or banking for Trump before he became president. Hence, Deutsche Bank being involved in this. Yes. Okay. So the first case is Trump versus Vance, because the grand jury that Vance impaneled issued subpoenas for all of his tax records, because for the longest time, Donald Trump's business, okay, and personal residence or domicile has been New York County. The other case the Trump versus Mazar's case arose because three different committees in the House of Representatives subpoenaed his tax records and uh, also his other financial documents. And they did so when the House was considering impeachment. So their broad justification for asking for the president's tax records were we need to know if you're engaging in behavior that financially benefits you and thus might be another article of impeachment. President Trump resisted both subpoenas. He went ahead and said, 
These are basically political attacks. Vance, okay, is a Democratic Attorney General. The committee's in the House. Um, the House of Representatives, controlled by the Democratic Party. And he said, not only are these political attacks, but my major legal defense is as president, I have absolute immunity from any legal proceeding while I'm president. Yes. Thank you for recognizing my raised hand, yes. uh, which listeners cannot see. May I comment? Yes. I'm, I'm not all down with like ignoring subpoenas because generally speaking, I don't think it's a good idea. Like you and I, Joe citizens should not ignore a subpoena just cause we don't, we're not feeling it. Um, <laughs> cause you know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a terrible idea. So yes. listeners, if you are presented with a subpoena, first of all, go get a lawyer, but yes. also don't just immediately assume that you should, that you should resist a subpoena. Um, a lot of times subpoenas are for, they're for a reason. I, uh, I am not one to commonly agree with um, President Trump's reasoning in, in many instances. However, I agree with him that the congressional issue was a political issue. I do not agree that the Vance issue was necessarily a political issue. And the reason I say that is because a huge amount of financial, like, shenanigans that get prosecuted get prosecuted in that kind of office they yes. get prosecuted in the in the district court like the southern district of new york is known for doing that because it controls wall street right so it's known for doing shenanigany stuff with money right like you have to you, you get subpoenaed that they're the ones who prosecuted made off right that, that's that's like a thing they do so i I, I, I'm split on that with the president. Well, first of all, there is no such thing as presidential immunity, is there? Because somebody should have told Nixon there was. Well, but I mean, okay, so there's a couple but, points you just touched upon. One- The financial issue of in, in the district- Okay, New York County covers Manhattan. Okay. okay? Donald Trump has, okay- uh, that's uh, his home. That's where his home is. Trump. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in his headquarters for his, you know, business, if you will, empire, okay, is in that county. Right. So it is a, a state slash local government jurisdiction that has a lot of experience, okay, and gets criticized for probably not doing enough investigation of how financial um, uh, uh, transactions actually occur. Oh, the okay. same, see, I, I want them to prosecute everything, including the 2008, right, the, the, the whole, yes, right, all of that. I want them to punish the people who sold bad mortgages to people and did, so I want more. I don't want less. And if Donald Trump gets caught up in that, I'm sorry for him. Not really, if he's a criminal, but I'm sorry for him if he's not a criminal, as far as all of that's concerned. But I want them to investigate everything, everything that has to do with money that affects what comes down to Main Street, like what, because a lot of those things that happen in their district have huge effects. That's right. Okay. I don't think you get to pick. Okay. So you are correct on that. I mean, grand juries historically. Okay, have subpoenaed 
records from people who they are investigating or who might have information related, okay, to a crime that they are investigating. Right. Now, to your point about presidents having immunity, what was kind of sort of awe-inspiring in regards to Trump's claim is that presidents have absolute immunity while they're in office, okay? No president has ever made that claim. Now, well, yeah, well, if a president was also having to be a serial killer, which, by the way, would make for a great movie, um, <laughs> you don't get to do that. Like, just because okay. you're president doesn't mean you get to be a serial killer, right? Like, there's no... Yeah. What we've had since uh, President Nixon, basically, we've had two presidents in roughly the, the last, you know, 50 years who have made claims that they are immune from lawsuits. Nixon, Nixon claimed in the case of um, uh, Nixon versus the United States that he didn't have to turn over the tapes of conversations that he had with people in the Oval Office. And he claimed that he had uh, immunity based on executive privilege. And the United States Supreme Court in a unanimous vote ruled against him. The, the court acknowledged that presidents do have executive privilege, that what is said between a president and their advisors should be treated just like the privilege that exists between a doctor and a patient, a minister and a parishioner. You know, the idea is to encourage conversation. However, the court said that privilege um, becomes secondary when there is a legitimate criminal investigation. Okay. Now, you know, go forward into the 1990s, right? Um, well, uh, Bill Clinton was president. There was uh, a sexual harassment lawsuit that had been filed against him when he was governor. Okay. The Paula Jones sexual harassment case. And Clinton argued that he did not have to give a deposition in that case while he was president because it would interfere with him performing his constitutional duties. It went to the Supreme Court. It was not a unanimous vote, okay, but a, a majority of the court ruled against him. And what the court went ahead and said was uh, giving a deposition in a civil case, okay, uh, would be a limited disruption for the president performing their constitutional duties. So what Trump was arguing was novel, was awe-inspiring in its breath, right? Okay, awe-inspiring. I cannot be held accountable to any law. Yes. Okay. And that is not okay because no man is above the law. law. And basically that's what the Supreme Court said in both cases. The Supreme Court, uh, in the Vance case, uh, the well, by the way, the vote in both cases was seven to two, okay? Um, so a pretty strong majority of the court basically went ahead and said, you know, President Trump, your claim of absolute presidential immunity while you're in office, okay, is, you know, cannot be rooted in the Constitution. Sorry, okay? There's oh, no see, such that's thing. 
That's that's a nice way to put it. Cannot be rooted in the Constitution. I would have said is bonkers. <laughs> Which is why I will never be a Supreme Court justice because I would write things like that is bonkers. You go you, now. You can't be serious. You cannot be serious. I would write seriously. Question mark. This is bonkers. And then Justice Roberts would say, "I'm going to need you to rewrite that." And, and I um, forgive and I forgive you, but one of the the common uh, acronyms that a lot of my students use WTF. Exactly. Right. Right. That's what I would write. Yes. Question mark, question mark. And then a, and then a frowny emoji. I would (laughs) put that on there too. Like, no, 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 no. Okay. So, but yeah, it's not a total loss for Trump. No, it's not a total loss because in the Vance case, uh, what the Supreme court went ahead and said was, um, uh, 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 you're, you do not have absolute immunity, but the court sent the case back to the lower federal district court to address other legal defenses that Trump could raise. Because the only issue in front of the court in the Vance case was the argument that Trump made Okay, initially, which was, I don't have to respond to these subpoenas because I'm president. Are there other legal defenses that people raise when subpoenas are issued against them by a grand jury? Sure. And that's what the court majority said, which was, we disagree with the president that he has absolute immunity. However, we're remanding the case to the lower courts to address any other legal challenges that the defendant, Donald Trump, okay, might raise. And by the way, that's what's already occurred. (laughs) Okay, so his lawyers. Yes. Have gone to the lower court and said, okay, and also for these five reasons or whatever. Yeah, I mean, and these are pretty standard. Okay, these are the standard, okay, the documents that they want are unrelated to their investigation, okay. Right, it's um, a fishing expedition, that's what it's, it's often called. Yes, it's a fishing expedition, or, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the scope is, uh, the, the scope of the subpoena is, you know, ill-defined, so, you know. Yeah, we, we want can, all the documents that you have in your apartment. Yes, right. right? Which is, like, ridiculous, there's no way. Yes, right, okay, you know, I mean, and, and, and again, Say what you want about, you know, President Trump. Now we're at the point that almost any of us, if we received a subpoena from a local or state grand jury, our, our attorneys would say, okay, we're going to fight some of this, okay? And it's completely legitimate, okay? Right, right. because you don't, you're not obligated to turn over everything in the world just because somebody asks you they need to be specific about what they're asking you why they're asking you and it's like a warrant yes. they don't just say to you oh, we'd like to come in your house and just look around that's not how warrants are written warrants are written with, specific- with a very specific right very specific that's right. purpose and if they lack specificity you know you can file a motion up. yeah you can follow, file a motion in court and say that entire search warrant and everything they found should be thrown out because it lacked, okay, spe- specificity. And you might be able to convince a judge of that, right? 
fruit of the forbidden tree. Free, that's right. Right, you got that by scattershot, and that's not an acceptable way to... That's unconstitutional. And since the warrant was unconstitutional, every evidence found from it is unconstitutional. Right. It's known as the exclusionary rule, right? Right. The exclusionary rule. Which we'll talk about in another podcast. Yes, we will. Now, the Mazars case dealing with the house. <laughs> so, on one hand, okay, John Roberts wrote the majority opinion in both of these cases. So, he, he gave the... He gave these plum assignments to himself, okay? He okay. also took the heat from, oh, yeah. a, from, oh, yeah. a, from a president. Like, yes. Yes. the ire of the president is no small thing in this, yeah, because, in this particular because the, instance. This president is rather ireful anyway. And so having that turned on you as an individual. Can't feel good. Can't feel good. So I'm, I, I actually admire that Roberts was like, all right, I'll take the heat on this. Yes. Uh, and, and by the way, the, you know, the next day, you know, you know, oh, the I'm sure president, president Trump's Twitter stream was John Roberts is evil and should be destroyed. And, you know, and no, I think the exact and I'm, and I'm going to come up with a list of names to replace all these people. And well, the next day, in fact, I think uh, the exact quote was, do you all get the sense the Supreme Court doesn't like me was his tweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, is, is so the second one, though. Okay, well, the second one the, 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 is a little bit more complicated because on one hand, Roberts acknowledge, acknowledges that the House of Representatives has the constitutional authority to issue subpoenas to conduct investigations, right? And he was just adhering to pre precedent because if you look in the U.S. Constitution, Nia, there is no clause that says Congress can investigate. Really? No. No, right? <laughs> it's, it's considered an implied power because the logic of the court has been this. If Congress is going to pass legislation, we kind of sort of hope that they actually conduct research. Right. And sometimes getting that research may require Congress to legally force people to either testify or give evidence. Right. Okay, right. that's the right. logic. Well, I'm, I mean, look at something like, and I, I know I'm dating myself, but the Iran-Contra, right? Sure. In order to know what's happening with that, you have to be able to force people to come in, sit down, tell you the story, give you the documents, explain what happened. I mean, Oliver North didn't go willingly. He wasn't like, yay, let me skip down to Congress and tell them my story, <laughs> right? Like, that's not, that's not how that worked. He was, he was forced. And let's face it, a lot of, it, it, let's face it, and we've talked about this before, a lot of people who work in the executive branch, okay, not only think that they're experts, but they think that they know more than members of Congress, and they don't want to be bothered by explaining stuff to Congress about why they did what they did. Right. Okay. Right. And but, I mean, sometimes they're shady and they're trying to hide stuff. I mean, that's the, right. That's the but, other part of it is, you know. But Nee, it's like when I tell my students, guys, I need to see your sources. And they're like, why? I'm like, because I want to know where you got, okay, where you came to these conclusions. Okay. And if they don't give me the sources, okay, well, I can hold them accountable. 
I can right. go ahead and say they plagiarized. Or I could go ahead and say, okay, I see no basis for your conclusion. You're getting a D, right? You got to give me the information. So on one hand, Roberts so acknowledges- the university has technically given you implied investigative powers in your papers. Yes. So on one hand, Roberts acknowledges this. On the other hand, he came out and he said, if the House is going to investigate the president and ask for the president's personal financial records, it has to be more specific than what the House's subpoenas, in this case, include. So we're gonna send it back to the lower courts. And he actually listed, and I'm not gonna bore the li our, our listeners with, okay, the factors he came up with, but basically he went ahead and said to the lower courts, you need to take into account four different questions or factors, okay, in looking at Congress when it subpoenas presidential financial records. And by the way, that's the reason why that case won't be settled before the election, because it's gone back to the lower courts, okay? And though the House this week asked the United States Supreme Court to force the lower courts to, you know, act immediately, the Supreme Court denied their request. <laughs> well, the Supreme Court basically said justice will take as long as justice takes and you being anxious about it doesn't Yeah. doesn't right. matter. That's yeah, not no, how we that's not how our branch works. How nice for you that you think that. Now go home. Yes. Get your feet up and wait until things get settled. Yes, cuz you know, this is how this is how the big kids act, right? Right. It's kind of sort of like I tell my daughter, right? Well, and quit, you know, quit trying to use the, the courts for your political purposes. Yeah. Now, I mean, Things hey, are, there, there's good reasons why we as voters should want to know the president's, president's or presidential candidate's financial records, okay? I mean, let's face it. Most of these tax records of presidential candidates, okay, are boring, Right. Well, yeah. Although Donald Trump's would probably be pretty interesting oh, because I, he's had an interesting career in finance. I'm sorry, I cut you off. You were. What did you? What do you say to Mackenzie about this? Well, I tell Mackenzie all the time, you know, because she'll be like, you know, hey, Daddy, you know, why can't I act this way? Because I'm like, because you're a big kid, and big kids act differently. Right. You know, that's what the Supreme Court is basically saying to the Congress. You guys know better. This is how the federal court system works, right? We've sent this case back to the lower courts. If you still want these records, you're gonna to have to go ahead and now comply with a federal district court judge who's gonna ask you specific questions. And by the way, those specific questions are the ones that I just wrote in my majority opinion. So suck it up, right? <laughs> well, and I just gave you a heads up on what the questions are. You should be prepared with your answers so that when they ask you, you can tell them and then they will rule on whether your answers are reasonable or not. Yes. But for those Americans, those Trump haters, okay, whoever, you know, folks like you and me who are just, you know, innately curious. Oh, okay? heck yeah. I just want to read it for fun. Okay. Will we see publicly Trump's tax records before the election? No. No. Okay. I would be shocked, right? 
uh, because I would be shocked if we ever see them. Yes. Because okay. it is not a hard thing to appeal and drag out and yes. make complicated a case. Yes. I, I mean, because once he is no longer, if he, if he wins the second term, all he's got to do is drag that out four years and no one will care at the end we, of that time. Well, particularly in the Vance case, at some point he can just go ahead and say, okay, um, let's, you know, let's achieve a compromise. You want these records. I'm willing to give you those, but I'm not willing to give you these. Is this good enough? And by the way, when I turn it over, remember, Attorney General Vance, your grand jury proceedings are supposed to be secret. So if this ever gets leaked, okay, um, we're going to file a civil lawsuit against your office, okay, for violating New York laws about grand jury testimony being privileged and secret. Okay. Yeah, so, so the likelihood that we'll see these records in any sort of any time near future, I mean, like, they may come out years from now. And in regards to the second case, the Mazars uh, oh, case? Can I wait? Can I say something yeah, about, about Congress? So here's the thing. I understand. I understand political machinations. I am a, a person of a certain age, and I've watched my entire life as Congress has pulled the lever here and pushed a button there and done all this kind of stuff. But I'm going to throw out that a huge number of, Amer of the American populace didn't care about Donald Trump's tax, any of his tax records. And the reason I say that is because they voted for him anyway, and they could have made a different choice. And not just him, but they could have chosen like a different person in the Republican Party. I'm not even talking about the final election. I'm talking about the primary Everybody else releases, releases their tax records. He doesn't, and it doesn't matter to people. It doesn't matter to the majority of Republicans who chose him as their candidate. So it, it feels, um, I, I hate to use this phrase because when he uses it, it makes me bonkers and it makes me want to cause physical harm to himself or to me or to something. Um, <laughs> when he says witch hunt, but it feels a little like that. I'm like, you know, but that was clearly not an issue for a, for a lot of Americans who chose him as the candidate for their party. And I don't know who you're trying to convince, because if you're trying to convince the people who already don't like Donald Trump, then you're not going to change their opinion anyway. That's right. And if, yeah. and if you're trying to convince people who already didn't care about that to care about that, that's a lot harder to... I mean, you'd have to show a level of malfeasance that would be amazing in order to get people who supported him to stop supporting him based on that. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, what, what we saw with both um, uh, Trump winning the Republican Party nomination, but also, you know, him winning a majority of the Electoral College votes. So, you know, there were a fair number of people in a fair number of states who voted for him in the general election is, even with all the allegations against him, okay, you know, misogynistic, racist, okay, ethnocentric, okay, um, mean, okay, 
whatever the case may be, okay, it didn't matter to those people who supported him. Right. So if you, if you think that getting his tax records that show that he manipulated the system, engaged in shady, you know, financial or land deals or real estate deals is going to go ahead and change uh, the minds of Trump supporters. I'm skeptical. I am hugely skeptical. I'm skeptical that your average person could read his financial documents and figure out what he's done anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, speaking as a person who, and I, listeners, please forgive me, I fill out the easy form, but I've looked at the other forms, like for my friends that own houses and stuff, I can barely figure out the simple stuff like that, let alone someone as complicated as Donald Trump's taxes, you would have to trust people who were going to interpret them for you. And yes. we have such a breakdown in trust at this point. Yeah. With, with media and with quote unquote expert opinions. Yes. yes. That I'm not sure that people would, that, that unless he wrote on the top of his tax form and, you know, and I bite the heads off of bats and fling them off the Trump Tower at night, like, <laughs> unless he wrote that on there, I don't think that most people, which yeah, I doubt he did, uh, not that he, did, I don't know whether he did or not, but I doubt he would write it down. Um, I don't think it would change their opinion. So I'm not sure it, it feels like it is sort of witch huntery at this point. It's like, dude, what are you going to accomplish by this? Like one of the things we always ask when we, you and I, when we talk to students about what they're writing is, what are you trying to say? Like what, yes. what's the end goal here? If yes. the end goal here is just, you want to make Donald Trump look bad, leave him alone. He can take care of that. <laughs> On his own, like most people, I, like, and not just him, but like, I can do that. If you leave me alone, I can, I can make myself look bad without you having to get your hands dirty. Like, yeah, you, you don't have to. Uh, most people can do that all by themselves and don't need any, any real help. Yeah, you don't have to cast a spotlight on me. I'm, I'll go ahead, I'll, I'll go ahead and screw up, you know, quite well on my own. Exactly. And draw attention to it. Just fine. Exactly. Okay. I will inadvertently say, oh, look at that. I messed that up. And that'll be that, you know, like everybody will know. So I'm, 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 I'm kind of, I, I, I do think that Vance should be able to get whatever documents he needs, but I, I'm not sure that I think that, that, that the House of Representatives has a clear goal that it, is being met by their request. Yeah, and, it, and I like the idea of him sending it back with questions that they need to be able to answer because it is a form of harassment to say, oh, all these rules would apply to Dr. Augenbaugh if we were going to investigate him, but they're not going to apply to Donald Trump because we don't like him. That's not, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's it, not it, reasonable. It, it, and there are a number of levels of analysis of this case. And, and a lot of people have been frustrated, frustrated with me because they're just like, um, you know, uh, aren't you excited that we're going to go ahead and see his tax records? And, I, and, and again, I'm kind of sort of like you. I mean, at this point, I'm like, hey, guys, you know, for whatever reason or reason, he won. OK. And in when he does stuff that puts the country or human beings in jeopardy or harms the nation. Okay, fine. But going after his tax records. Okay. After the fact, I'm just kind of sort of like, okay. Um, 
at, at what point do you just go ahead and say we lost whether it was not whether it was or was not fair and square and just move on okay right. I mean, the, the, the opinions about him, okay, have already been settled as to whether or not you like his performance as a president or you don't, okay? And a lot of that flows from whether or not you voted for him or you didn't. To me- And whether you benefited from his term in business or not, right. okay? The larger issue for me, and I know it's colder, more sterile, is the court going ahead and saying quite clearly, presidents aren't above the law. They don't get absolute immunity simply because they took, they took the oath of office. To me, that's a very important message to send to anybody. Oh, and I think it, it's, I think you're right. I think that the greater yes. message is no person is above the law because if they're not, then we have a dictatorship. That's right. Like that's how you get started on a banana republic is when the president says, oh, but it doesn't apply to me. Particularly while I'm in office. And then once you leave office, okay, fine. Well, come on. That's a joke, right? right. Second, okay, the court once again reaffirms this idea that a legitimate criminal, you know, criminal investigation, okay, conducted at the local or state government level has a legitimate interest in getting information. That's extremely important, right? That's one of the core values, okay, of the American legal regime. Third, okay, the House and the President, okay, if you're gonna play constitutional hardball, as in the case of, you know, Trump versus Mazars, okay, where, you know, the House wants information and the President doesn't wanna give it up, well, we're not gonna side with either one of you guys. We're gonna go ahead and force the lower courts to do this rather fact-intensive, okay, deliberation of, well, why does Congress want this information? And why is the president resisting? The Congress, you know, the Supreme Court didn't give either side a victory there. And to me, that's extremely important because in the past, when Congress has wanted information and presidents haven't wanted to give it up, they've ultimately compromised and they avoided the courts. And what the Supreme Court is saying is, hey, if either one of you guys, okay, comes to the courts, you're not gonna like the result, okay? You're not gonna like it. You're not gonna get a clear victory. So guess what? You'll spend a whole bunch of time in court not getting a clear victory. Is that what you guys want? Or could you not settle this before you take it to freaking court? Well, and we are not going to take sides. Yes. We're not picking sides between the other two branches. No. We're independent, and we're not going to be dragged into your silliness. Yes. You can't sit down like adults and figure out you how just to said, do your own whatever. You just said, you know, for me, what comes, comes through crystal clear in both of Robert's majority opinions is, you know, can't you know we're we're going to ask we're going to force you guys to act like adults okay Grow up. Grow because, up. yes okay you know this you know this it, 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 in some ways it's too bad that roberts is so diplomatic okay as well the justices are just in general because either one if either you or i had written the majority opinions in this case we probably would have put language 
somewhere either at the beginning or at the very end of the majority opinion that would have just come out and said, could you guys freaking grow up? Yeah, I would write TL colon DR <laughs> slash grow up. <laughs> if you didn't bother to read the entire thing, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, and I think that it, it's, um, we have got to stop treating the Supreme Court as if it's the grown up in the room. Yes. You know what I mean? Like if it's the parental figure, that's not how the Supreme Court should be, should be acting in our system. It's not like we have a parent and two grumpy children that can't be dealt with. That's not how, that's not how this should be. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I get that it's adversarial, but by the same token, it shouldn't be like this. It shouldn't, I mean, you know, this should never have gone to them because this is people digging in on both sides in an attempt to score points and, um, yeah, and I agree. win the court of public opinion. And our and the Supreme Court's like, uh, in case you've not noticed, we regularly don't win the court of public opinion and we don't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and neither should you. You need to be doing the work of the people and you need to I mean, find compromise to do it. It comes back to civil discourse. It comes back to civility and being able to sit all the lawyers get in a room and they lock the door and they turn off the air conditioning and they say, "Okay, let's settle it. Let's figure out what we're going to what we're willing to give, what you're willing to accept." Yeah, this Nia, this idea that um, every dispute, okay, every mess should be cleaned up by the Supreme Court. Oh, okay. every time somebody says, I'm going to take you to the Supreme Court, I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're <laughs> not, because one, you don't know how the system works, and two, you don't want to go. Right, that's not how it works. Uh, you Nine times out of ten, they're going to rule in a way that you weren't expecting. Like, come and, on. And, and, and you won't like. I mean, right. I have an older sister and a younger sister. And big shock, the three of us at times would not get along, right? No. Okay, but if a fight, a dispute got to my mother, okay? It was okay. never ended, what quote, unquote, fairly. No. It was ended expeditiously. Expeditiously in a, in a way that none of us liked. That's right. None of You're us. You're all like, going to suffer because you dragged me into your silliness. Yes, right. And it, when you read, okay, in particular Roberts' majority opinions in these cases, but particularly the Trump versus Mazar's case, okay, all I kept on thinking is my mom would so appreciate John Roberts' majority opinion. <laughs> okay, because they neither party's going to like this. Trump did serious institutional damage to the office of president, right? The House did serious institutional damage to itself. Oh, sure, the court went ahead and reaffirmed that they can issue subpoenas. But at the same time, Robert's majority opinion, and by the way, the House should be pleased that Roberts wrote the majority opinion, and it wasn't uh, 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 Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, because those two would have uh, uh, required the lower courts to use heightened scrutiny of any time the House issues a subpoena for presidential records, okay? Heightened scrutiny, okay? I mean, that's this close to strict scrutiny, okay? 
So they should be thankful it was Roberts who wrote the majority opinion, okay, and not one of, you know, Gorsuch or Kavanaugh, right? Okay, but at the end of the day, they still have to go ahead and, and, and show specificity. What, are you going to say in a, in a public lower court ruling, yeah, we want the president's records because we hate the son of a, or the SOB, okay? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, the SOB, and uh, we want to go ahead and embarrass them for the next election. No federal court judge would say that's a legitimate reason to investigate the president's financial records. Right. Okay. Nor should they. Nor should they. Right. Nor and, should the president be allowed to say, because I'm Teflon and nothing sticks to me. Yes. Like that's not. Yeah, because judges, as you pointed out, that's the definition of a dictatorship. Right. The judges would say, um, we're not in a banana republic, so you're going to be turning over these legitimately requested documents. That's right. Okay. I don't, um, I, the thing is, I think it makes everybody look bad. Yes. I, 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 don't, I don't understand why. So the thing is, most Americans look at, D, at Washington and they see huge dysfunction. Yes. And I think that's most Americans on all the sides. I mm -hmm. think that's liberal. I think it's conservative. I think it's the independents. Like everybody looks at it and says, that is one of the most dysfunctional groups of people as a whole. Yes. Right? And I mean the government, not just your average people who live in DC who work at like Starbucks or whatever, but you know, but the government as a whole, I think they see as enormously dysfunctional. And this only serves to reinforce that idea. It only serves to reinforce the idea that these people cannot work together and cannot come to compromise. And that's, all that does is dishearten voters, right? Like they, 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 look, at, they look at this kind of thing and they say, nobody here won including the American people, everybody lost because nobody could sit down and have a reasonable discussion and, and say what they needed and say why they don't want to reveal certain things and then have that be worked out, you know, among the lawyers or the groups or whatever. It's, I mean, it's, a, it's it makes me sad in some ways. Oh, it, it, Cause it, it's it, just pulling out a gun and continually shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 this is very frustrating for me. I think about all the lost time in uh, the White House, House committees, the courts, okay? I mean, there's other cases the courts need and should be, and they probably want to address, right? right. You know, the things that got them interested in becoming a federal judge in the first instance, right? Um, and, you know, you know, uh, constitutional law scholar Keith Winnington calls this, you know, political hardball, constitutional hardball. You got two institutions that instead of, you know, sitting down, which, by the way, is, has historically been the practice, right. right? It started with, you know, the first presidential administration. Congress wanted some documents in regards to Washington sending out the militia Okay, and Washington was, you know, his advisors told him not to, but eventually Washington, okay, administration sat down with Congress and settled this, okay? They compromised. Neither party got to say they won, but both parties got to say, hey, we did what we thought was 
necessary for our institution. And the work occurred, right? The work occurred, you know, actually transpired. Um, and to me, that's extremely frustrating. And I can understand why many Americans on both sides of the political aisle are just like, this can't go on. You know, this is dysfunctional, right? Yeah. This is dysfunctional, right? So you scored a point. Good for you. What did that actually achieve? Well, and I don't, I doubt seriously that my uh, representative um, from Hanover County is listening to this. And I doubt seriously that um, my senators are listening to this. But I'm just going to say, in case you are listening to this, this is not what I sent you there for. I sent you there to benefit my county in whatever ways you can do that. Yes. I want you to make sure I have clean air. I want you to make sure I have clean water. I want you to make sure that I have decent schools to send my kids to. I want you to make sure I have decent roads. I want you to make sure that my life, in as much as you can make it, runs as smoothly as it can. And I want you to do that with other people. I want you to compromise with other people so that other people in other counties can have a good life. Okay? That's what I sent you there for. I... I am purely curious about Donald Trump's tax records. It's true. I, yes. I have a little dark spot in my heart that wants to read them for fun. Not that I'll understand what I'm looking at, but I'm curious. But that's not the work that I sent you there to do. And if you're doing that, you're not doing the work that I sent you there to do. So I would like for you to stop doing that stuff, please, and get back on track with what with what I want, which is I want you to make the everyday life of Americans better. Yes. I want you to make it better. Yes. I want you to make sure that everybody in every county has as many opportunities to have a good and healthy, decent life as they possibly can. That's why I sent you. So knock it off and get back to work doing what I need you to do, which is reach across the aisle, come to compromise, figure out how we can handle things together as a nation and how we can heal ourselves. Because this, this thing where we're just tearing ourselves apart, trying to score points and be whatever, that's, I don't think that can keep going. I mean. No, I don't think it can keep going. And I don't think our institutions are set up uh, to uh, continue to withstand uh, the, the dysfunction. I mean, when, when people start losing, losing trust, in the institutions, that's when they go around or try to, you know, uh, destroy the institutions. Right. Uh, and that's not, and that's not good for democracy. Okay. That's just not good. You know, if you are working in a government institution, you know, you have, trust has been put into you, right. You know, not only to go ahead and do the work of the people, but there's trust put into you to make sure that the institutions that you are working at are kind of sort of like left at least as good as they were when you, when you first went to work there or even made better. Yeah. It's campground. Yes. It's campgrounds. You show up in a campground, you're supposed to leave the campground as clean or cleaner than when you found it. Hello. That's right. Because it's a shared space. It's a, it's shared, a shared thing. That's right. Okay. Uh, and if you can't do that, then perhaps you should, like, no longer work there, right? right? I mean, you know, you and I have had this conversation before. 
Okay, VCU, you know, warts and all is the institution where we work, okay? And a lot of the stuff that we do that we won't get credit for, that we might find distasteful, unpleasant, okay? Okay, we do anyways because we want the institution to be as good, okay, as it can be, okay? Because if it is, then we believe it's doing good work for students, their parents, and our coworkers, right? I mean, that's, that's also, you know, part of this. I'm just going to sort of like, yeah, you might, you know, you may have a burning hot hatred, you know, for the president, or you might think members of Congress are just chock full of idiots, okay? But at the same time, okay, don't you want the institutions to work, which means you hold your nose, you cough into your elbow, okay? You go outside and scream at the air, but you go back in and you do what? You do your job. Right. Okay? Uh, I'm with you on this. I'm just kind of sort of like, hey, guys, you know, if if his tax records became public, yes, like you, I would read them. I would, you know, I'd be like, I'm not in... I'm not entirely sure why he got income on blah, 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 but man, that was a load of money. And I'd be like, wow. Okay. In part because I'd be fascinated by somebody else's tax records. Okay. Who lives a kind of life that I will never live. Right. Okay. But at the same time, will it change my opinion one way or the other about whether or not I think he's an effective president? Heck no. My mind has been made up a long time ago, right? Okay. Well, and and would it change your opinion on his various policies? Um, policies? No. 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 His tax records aren't going to affect how you feel about his policies, nor are they on any other voter. No. I really honestly believe that maybe there are 10 people in the United States who will judge his policy by his tax records. And all the rest of us are judging them by our view of how his policies work, not yes. by his tax records. We're yeah. judging them by our own moral standards, which is how it always works with a president. So yeah, I, I, I think it's, I'm going back to, I would write down it's bonkers yes. if I was the Supreme Court justice. <laughs> um, and somebody said, I have complete immunity. I would say, no, that's bonkers. Um, but I would also say to Congress, you're also bonkers. And then I would, I would actually, like I said, close them in a room and make them work it out. But yeah, turn off the air conditioning. Okay. Everybody gets one glass of water and no potty breaks. Yes. Work it out. (laughs) Yeah. No no snacks and no pizza delivery. That's right. Yes. Oh my goodness. Could the government work on no pizza delivery? I don't know. I know a lot of government work is done late at night on pizza deliveries. Yep. But thank that you so much for, uh, for talking me through the taxes here. Thanks, Nia. You've been listening to Civil Discourse, brought to you by VCU Libraries. Opinions expressed are solely the speaker's own and do not reflect the views or opinions of VCU or VCU Libraries. Special thanks to the workshop for technical assistance. Music by Isaac Hobson. 
Find more information at guides.library.vcu.edu slash discourse. As always, no documents were harmed in the making of this podcast.